We've uh, been doing this for several years now, um, and every year you guys have been amazing, and uh, we've set goals, and you guys have met them. Um, our goal this year is 300 plus one. Uh, we didn't want to put a, a larger goal on, and at the same time, what we also didn't want to do is keep coming to the congregation saying, we expect more from you, and we're a church of 300, and we want more and more and more. We want to challenge you that the reason for the plus one is that you guys do a fantastic job. You guys are amazing. We want to challenge you to see if you can get somebody else that you know, someone in your neighborhood, someone at work, to do one box, just one. Keep doing what you do, but if each one of us will encourage somebody else and cast this vision, then we will let God determine how many boxes that is. We want to thank you guys for um, your dedication to, to him. Uh, and also, we want to say to you guys, too, this isn't 300 boxes. Our goals uh, are 300 lives plus one. Plus one. We want to get as many as we possibly can. I love how God can turn the contents of a box, a shoebox, into life. You know, there are so many times and so many stories. Those who have been here in the past years that we've done this, you know you're going to hear videos on how kids who desperately needed something or wanted something open their shoebox and find exactly in that shoebox what they've been praying for, asking for, or just desiring. Finding the gospel message of Christ and a shoebox and the contents of that shoebox brings down walls inside of them and opens up their hearts to hear a message of who Jesus Christ is and they find Christ through a shoebox. And so we want to just challenge you again, um, folks, Please don't just take a box and please don't just fill one. Please take one. Please pray over it. Pray that God will guide you as you fill it. Pray for the child that's going to receive it. And, uh, and let's just trust God with it. And we know that um, amazing things are going to happen. Um, we are out of boxes because you guys are so awesome. But more boxes are on their way. You can do regular shoe boxes as well. Like I said before, you can wrap them if you want to make them a little bit prettier. But just wrap the lids, the, the lids separately from the actual box so we can take the lid off and, and put it back on. But please pray with us. And I want you to think of 300 faces, 300 lives. Already they're mounting up here already. Uh, and they're right, right there in front of the cross. Um, I don't even know how many that is. But that's probably 20 plus children right there whose lives can be changed by what we're going to do here. So please join with us, um, and, uh, and we can be excited about that. I uh, want to do one more announcement, too, and that is uh, please remember that we have an informational meeting coming up next Sunday after this service uh, about the proposal that went out last week. Uh, you should all have the letters. It's posted downstairs. But most importantly, please continue praying and fasting with us as we really seek God's direction as we seek every step that we are going to take, um, we want to make sure that every step is ordained by him. And so please pray with us. Please pray for yourself. This is a, a huge thing that we're praying about. And, uh, and please mark down those corporate dates that we have um, for prayer, fasting, and, and worship as well. We want to join together and pray together. So please join us in that. Uh, and then make sure you're here next Sunday where we can kind of, you know, give you some more details and also... Um, entertain questions that you may have. Uh, this morning, we continue on with our Get Ready series, and uh, I'm excited because this series has really been something that we're living. It's not something we're just talking about. It, it, it's just uh, these sermons have become alive in our lives. This passage of Scripture from Joshua 
is, uh, it's just, we just feel like God is just birthing this out in us as we move forward. Um, and, uh, and if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to get the CDs. If you've missed the service, get the CDs or get them online um, and, and hear uh, what God has been saying because He has been speaking to us. But this morning, I am privileged and honored to, um, to welcome a special guest to share with us. Um, uh, Pastor Jonathan, would you come and join us on the platform? Shekinah, would you stand? This is his lovely wife, Shekinah. Um, most of you should know them. They've been with us for two years. Um, and Shekinah, if you were to stand during the whole service, that would be... No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> but thank you, Shekinah. Um, uh, Jonathan and Shekinah came to us a couple years ago. And most of you may not know that, that, that they were pastors. Um, pastors in the Congo. They're originally from the Congo. Uh, church planted pastors in Zimbabwe. And um, they've been through a lot. If you haven't talked with them, they have three beautiful kids. Um, and God has blessed this family. God has delivered them. God has brought them through incredible circumstances. And so um, they're worth talking to just because of who they are. But also you want to hear their stories. Um, it's not a story about them. It's a story about God. And uh, Jonathan, is, is, God is speaking through him. Uh, I know you're going to be blessed. I was blessed um, first service. And uh, Jonathan is going to really talk to us about confidence and God's laid it on his heart. So would you welcome Jonathan again? Praise the Lord. Um, what, what an honor to, to be here this morning in the presence of Jesus and the presence of the saints here. Um, we're standing here by God's grace, and I want to appreciate God and for touching his servant, Pastor Seba. Um, Pastor Rainey and the leadership of the church to give us this opportunity to speak. It's always a privilege, not because we know or we fit, but it is by the grace of God. And so my wife is there as uh, Pastor Selen introduced uh, to us. And we thank you, Pastor Selen. We really appreciate your love and uh, your affection and your welcome. Uh, uh, welcoming us into this family of believers. Praise Jesus. I want to take my first reading in the first book, not the first book, the book of Luke, chapter number 8. I'll read a few verses there, and then we're going to pick it from there. book of Luke chapter number 8 and uh, we read from verse number 43 probably 45 somewhere there now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately our flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, and that's what the point is, Peter 
And those with him say, Master, the multitude wrong and praise you. And you say, we touched me. And we're going to emphasize on these few words that we just read now. Father, we thank you as we submit and surrender under your action to deliver your word with simplicity, but with authority and power. So think through our mind and use our mouth to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we believe in one important thing, uh, and we want to start by saying, we start in the morning, and we say there is a law that we call the law of duality. It's, it simply means if there is light, it means there is darkness. If there is white, it means there is black. If there is heaven, it means there is hell. It's just words like that. And sometimes we love reminding people about hell, not because we should just talk about it, but because I don't want to go there. I personally, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. And I love you enough to tell you about hell so that you don't go there. I said in the morning, the funny thing when you go to hell, if you happen to go, you realize that everybody is born again in hell. Not that they got born again before they went there, but because of the fire, it will force you to be born again, hoping you will come out of it. And there's a story in the Bible, Book of Luke, that tells us that. And so sometimes we need to think through it and just prepare ourselves. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. Praise the Lord. Coming to our story that we just read. This is a wonderful story. Jesus is walking because... A gentleman by the name of Jairus called him and said, my daughter is not well. Would you come with me and heal my daughter? Jesus said, no problem. I'll go with you. And so Jesus is walking with Jairus, going to his house. Then the Bible says there was a woman who had a problem with blood. The King James Version put it like she had the issue of blood. So she was sick for 12 years, and we like put it this way, the daughter of Jairus was 12 years old, and this woman suffered for 12 years. So in other words, when the daughter was born, this woman began to suffer. And the unfortunate thing is that the Bible says she suffered as well at the hands of the physician. Our belief is that doctors should cure us, but this woman suffered from the hands of the doctors. This is just to say that in as much as we appreciate what the doctors can do, and we thank God for the gift that they have, but there is a God beyond their hands. There is a God. And that is very important. We have to be able to see that God is beyond. I don't care what the doctors will say. We have a God, and he's a wonderful God. And so this woman said to herself, I am going to go and touch the helm of Jesus' garment, and I'll be healed. She had lost everything. She, she was sick. And probably her last hope was just to touch Jesus. 
Now, a couple of things that come into play right here. Whenever Jesus is walking, he always walked with the crowd. And so I assume the woman would have never come through forward. She would probably come through the back, where she is not seen. And this woman happened to be very sick, so she was probably weak in terms of body. But she had to make a way to reach Jesus. Another important thing is that our situation could have caused her to die. According to the Jew, when a woman has such a problem, the issue of blood, she should not be found in the midst of people. She might be stoned to death. So she knew it. Even when Jesus said, who touched me? I always think that one of our answers is that, how about if I'm not healed, I could be stoned to death right now. But in spite of all this situation she was found, she decided to press on and touch Jesus. Sometimes circumstances and situation may not be the way we expect them to be. But we can still move forward and touch God. We're not just coming to church just for the sake of coming. We're coming because we want to touch the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Bible says Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? I said in the morning and I want to repeat it. There is a touch and there is a touch. Jesus said, who touched me? Referring to a touch. Disciples say, people are around you and they are touching you. They also refer to a touch. But these two touches were different. Disciples were referring to a particular touch, which is a normal one. But Jesus had referred to a, a tremendous touch because he said, I felt virtue come out of me. And so it depends on you. If you want to touch him for virtue to come towards your life, or you just want to touch an ordinary touch. It will all go with you. But my prayer intercession this morning, as we go through this session, that you will be able to touch Jesus for his power and virtue to be released unto your own goodness. Praise God. Who touched me? Who touched me? But my point this morning is more on the reaction of the disciples. Even though they walked with Jesus for three years, yet they did not know Jesus. Peter said, Lord, he's probably older than Jesus. He always had answers. He always had something to say. He said, Jesus, come on. We follow you. You are our Lord and Master, but you, know, you don't need to go to the universities to understand this. We have too many people. And they will touch you. Why are you asking who touched you? And so I quickly realized that even though Peter walked with Jesus, he did not know Jesus. When Jesus asked a question, he knew what he was talking about. And my question is to you. Do you know the God you serve. The God that you represent. The Bible that you carry every day. 
and you rush to church, do you know that God? Because if you don't know your God, then your life will not have the real meaning. Do you know your God? Do you really know what he is? I'm not just talking about the God of Pastor Sarah, or the God of Pastor Rainey, or the God of Glad Tidings. I'm talking about your God. The one that has shifted from the pastor to a personal relationship with him. A gentleman who happened to be, he knew how to, you know, create entertainment. He could walk on rocks and do different things. And he was famous in the town. So he send an announcement that on Saturday I'm going to cross, walk on the rock. I'll cross from this tall building to the other building with not enough measures of safety. Just minimize measures of safety. I'm going to cross walking on the rock to the other side. And so it was a great announcement. And anytime there's a public event like that, businesses in there, you know, fan, family, and all that sort of a number of people down there on Saturday waiting for him, and the guy was dropped on top with a chopper, and he took a megaphone because everybody was just enjoying themselves, waiting to see this man walk on the rope, crossing the building. And so he took a megaphone and came to this side and said, do you believe that I can walk from this side to the other side? And everybody said, yes. He said, all right. And he went to this other side and said, do you believe I can walk on this road from this side to the other side. Everybody say yes. He said, okay, if you believe, give me a child. I'll put him on my back. We'll cross together. Now, everybody was, where's my child? You're not going anywhere. Jessica, where are you? You're not going anywhere. It is easy to say you believe out of your mouth. But when the real thing are there, where is your faith? No wonder Jesus asked. We're talking about reality. Do you believe in God? Where is it? Everybody was holding their children. Unfortunately, there was one boy with a red t-shirt that was left alone. And the man said, bring me that boy. The protocol had rushed towards the boy and took the child. And everybody's now wondering, where is the father and the mother of this child? And the boy was on top of the building. The whole excitement was turned into mourning. And everybody was thinking, who is this irresponsible parent that will leave a child? Die. And yet they say they believe. Even though they say they believe, whatever they were seeing was the man falling. It's always amazing how mothers always look for their children, not their husbands. It's okay. Because all they cared for was for the child, not the man. And so some people were discouraged, got into their cars and drove away. We don't, we don't want to see how they're going to fall. And yet they say they believe. But the man was serious. He took the child, put him on his back, and decided to cross. So I don't care how tight any 
rope that is tied on two points. I don't care how tight it is. If you put any load on it, it will always create a curve. And so that's the challenge. When you're walking on a rope, not only that, there's wind blowing against you and you have a child on your back. It was serious. Imagine. He put the child on his back and decided to walk. And he engages himself. Walking. Now, not everybody is enjoying this anymore. The whole place is now quiet. No more excitement. No more ice cream buying. People are just waiting to see the chaos. Even though they say they believe. I thought it is written that there is nothing impossible to him that believes. They say they believe, but they were expecting chaos. And so the man walked, and every time he would kind of go this way, everybody would, wow. Because the wind is blowing against him. And look at what happened. In spite of the challenge, the truth was that he crossed and reached the other building. Now, there was no excitement. Just like you. No excitement at all. But people rushed to the building. Go get the child. Where is your father? Where is this irresponsible father and mother who can allow his child to go through this? We want to see them probably stone the father because he's irresponsible. But the child was smiling. And people were coming. The crowd was growing. The child was frustrated. Now the child says, as he turned and said, this man is my father. And I know he can walk with me from this building to the other building. Do you know your God? Do you think your God can walk with you from this building? To the other building. Now mind you, risks was still there. Risks was not removed from the wind and the fact of walking on the rope. But the child had confidence in his father. Do you have confidence in your God? Do you have confidence in your God? And that's very important. You need to have confidence in your God. Pastor Selen told us last Sunday, we're moving forward. It wasn't easy. Because the Jordan is raging. Moses did not take the people into the water. He lifted up the road. But Joshua has different ways to do things. Moses is gone. Now it's Joshua. And Joshua says, go into the water. Do you have confidence in God to believe that he's going to make a way for you? And God is looking forward to such people who will lay it all in him. Who will put their trust in God. Their confidence in God. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse 35, says this. Cast not away your confidence, because there is a great reward that is attached to it. Don't cast it away. 
1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he gives it to us. Do you know your God? Do you have confidence in him? Can you trust him enough to walk with him on the rock? A man was shown in a vision and saw two feet walking. And all of a sudden there was a muddy place and one feet disappeared. It's like one person walking. He said, God, I know now. So when trouble comes, you leave me. God said, no. When trouble comes, I carry you on my back and we walk. This is where we're going. But we need to trust in God. We need to have confidence in our God. Praise the name of Jesus. If we don't have confidence in God, then we will go nowhere. And we will do nothing. The God we serve in, the God we pray in, he's a great God. He's a wonderful God. We always say that nothing is impossible to him. He can turn things around for us. But can we trust him enough? Can we lay our confidence in him? Praise the name of Jesus. Two points I got this morning. Number one, have confidence in God. Number two, have confidence in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. Because if you don't have confidence in yourself, you cannot offer anything. You can give nothing. You cannot. You need to know that you are a child of God. And Christ lives in you. Now I know you may be weak. But have confidence in yourself. I probably didn't say this in the morning. Let me tell you. I'm sure all of you will learn to drive a car at some point. Let me take you back when you're trying to drive a car. You realize that it was so tough. You probably even thought, I will never drive a car. Because you probably thought all the cars were coming towards you while you're trying to drive your own. Some people would even prefer to be pushed instead of driving it. But later on, you realize you can drive it. You realize you could. And it was so easy. You just came to that dream and you're gone. But when you started, it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. So as we walk with God, things may look tough, but have confidence in God and have confidence in you. The book of Acts chapter number 3, there's a wonderful story, and I'm going to quote particularly verse number 6. The Bible says Peter is walking towards the temple. Peter and John, common story, at the hour of prayer. He walks, meet a man by the name, I mean, at the, at, the, at the gate called Beautiful. This man was crippled from birth. Mind you, Jesus might have passed through that gate probably once or twice. But this man was not healed. Now, Peter is coming. John is coming. 
the Bible says the man was looking at them, expecting to receive something. That which this man was expecting to receive, Peter didn't have it. Probably John didn't have it. Because John never said a word. We, when we read the Bible, it's Peter who talks. So the world will always expect certain things. They have set up their standard of the world. Probably a pastor should be the one who has all these around him. Cars, you know, uh, huge this and huge that. That's the world's expectation. We may not have it. If we're Christians, maybe they expect everything should just be smooth. Sometimes we may struggle, but that does not mean we should remove all confidence in God that we have. Even though we go through the same. Peter said, silver and gold that you're waiting for, I don't have it. And the world will probably qualify him as a broke preacher already. But he had something. And he was confident to give that which he had to the man. And what he gave to the man was probably better than silver and gold. He said, I have something. And what I have, I give it unto you. And what he had was simple, the name of Jesus. And he said, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. And the Bible says they held him. And they made him stand. And he leaping up stood. They had something. I'd like to tell you that you have something to offer. You have something to offer. You have something that the world can receive, even though they don't expect it. But you have something to offer. I like saying this. The world is not any better without you. Because you have something. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you don't own. The confidence we're talking about is not out of what we have. Because many people then build their confidence because they have something. If I'm to bring a rich man here and a poor man... We probably went through the same school. But you realize that the rich man will have more confidence when it comes to speaking or expressing himself because he's rich. He has the materials. The poor man, even though they went through the same school, might not express himself freely. So we are not talking about confidence because we own or we have. We're talking about confidence because we have Christ with us. It is the confidence that comes from above, that comes from Christ. There is always a thin line between confidence and pride. And pride, most of the time, is when we say, I have done it. I have acquired it by my own effort. But confidence is, as Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. This is where we're going. 
We're looking forward to Christians who walk with such a confidence because they have a God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Praise Jesus. And so you may not have anything. You may be a broke refugee from the Congo running somewhere, but you still have something you can offer to this world. You do. God has put something in your heart, and the world will never be better without you. GTC cannot be better without you. You have something to offer to this ministry. You have something to offer to the church. And for you to offer, you need to have confidence in yourself. I can do all things. I can do it. Not by myself, but the Lord is with me. The Lord will help me. The Lord will back me up. The Lord will turn things around for my best. I have something. And if if you can get to that level, your destiny can manifest and your joy will be full. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I want to wind up this morning by reading a particular scripture. I love the words of Jesus. In this particular instance, this is John. He calls himself the disciple that was more, mostly loved by Jesus than others. Because he's the one writing. He says this in John chapter 13, verse 3. He says this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from the Father, and he went to God. In this particular verse, you realize that Jesus was confident. He knew that his father had given him everything. And that could be probably the reason why he stripped himself from all the glory to come down. But he did not forget that he had come from the father and he was going to go back to the father. In other words, anything they would have done between coming from and going to would never nullify the fact that he knew that he had come from the Father and he would go back there. That's the confidence we're talking about. We have a living God. We have an awesome God. If things may not be too well right now, God will will still turn them around for us. And so we walk with that confidence. We are going. We are moving on into a greater place. But we need confident people. Not weak ones. Confident because they have a God. Because they have a God. In my introduction, I say this. We're not talking about a God of only our pastor. But a God that we have built a relationship with. So he becomes a God on a personal relationship. 
on a personal level. When you get to that, you will walk with confidence for the rest of your life. Before I sit down and say this, you have something to offer. You have something to offer. I probably didn't say this in the morning. Before I came in, I went online on YouTube, <clears throat> and uh, I stumbled on this preacher who called his cousin, to, and he was introducing his cousin because the cousin had a CD that he wanted to sell. The striking thing in this is that this man, when he started singing, he would stand on the stage. When he starts singing, he would pass out. So initially they thought it was the Holy Spirit. Then eventually they realized it wasn't the Holy Spirit, but the man had a heart problem. And so trying to pull the strings to get the note and all that, he would pass out because the heart could not contain that. And so they realized and they did whatever they could do, the doctor and it was fixed. But the man had a dream. And his dream was to come up with his own music. Guess what? He came up with that CD at the age of 70 years old. And people were now buying his own music. You have something you can offer to this world. If only you can build your confidence. May the living God bless you. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Jonathan, for that. You know, I just want to challenge you. What happens in our lives? What happens in our neighborhoods? What happens in our jobs if we start moving this way? One of the things that Pastor Jonathan said when he, when he first talked was there are two different kinds of touches. And I love when he said this is that everybody was around Jesus. He was being touched a lot. But there was a certain kind of touch. There was a touch done. It was, a, it was a determined touch. It was a confident touch. It was an expectant touch. And Jesus, with all of those touches that are being happening to him, knows the difference because that of a determined, confident touch releases his power and his authority and heals. What happens in our lives when we start moving in confidence in who Jesus is, in expectation of what he can do and what he will do? What happens in your life? I mean, we don't want to be people who say, yes, I believe, but here's my child. I'm keeping my child right here. We want to be the people who say, yes, I believe, and I'll climb on your back. And I'll believe that I'll see, I believe that I will see God move in my life. We want to be the people that can walk up to those who are sick and those who are hurting and say silver and gold, we do not have, but what we do have, we freely give and bring life to people. And when we start moving in confidence, we will see the manifestation of the power and the, whole, and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And I want more of that in my life. I know you want it in your life, and we want this more in this church. Would you stand to your feet this morning? And I want to ask our prayer team to come forward. And we just want to pray and, uh, 
And then we're going to open up these altars. And if you are here this morning, and maybe this is an area in your life where maybe you're struggling with, maybe you feel like, man, I'm always jittery, or I believe God, but there's just something that holds me back, and I want more of, of, of that confidence that comes from God. Not pride, but confidence. I want to know that God is going ahead of me. I want to walk in that. I don't want to hold back anymore. If that's you, I want to challenge you. Come and spend some time with God. Spend some time at these altars with our prayer team. If you're here this morning and you're sick or you're struggling, maybe you've been struggling for 12 years. This lady struggled for 12 years. After 12 years, sometimes you can think, man, maybe the sickness is more powerful. Maybe my circumstances are just too far great, too, too big for God. And in 12 years, after 12 years of struggling, one confident touch on Jesus Christ changed everything. And we have a God that heals. We have a God that spoke this world into existence. We have a God that parted the oceans. We have a God that parts rivers. We have a God that has all authority in heaven and earth. And he died for you so that you might live. And he says to you, come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Man, let's come to him in confidence this morning. This prayer team is here. Please come and pray. And I'll be outside just to greet you if you need to leave. Lord Jesus, we come before you. God, we thank you and praise you for your voice this morning. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've spoken to us corporately. God, you've spoken to us individually. And Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, that we can look back and recognize, Lord Jesus, that you came and you died. Most importantly, you conquered death by rising again. You conquered sin, the grave, sickness, Lord Jesus, every trial, every heartache, every challenge we have. And you died so that we might live, Lord Jesus. And so we just pray, God, that you would just build that confidence in us, Lord Jesus. For those who are here this morning and they struggle in this area, I pray, Lord God, that you would just bring this area of their life up to them, Lord God, and, and help them to lay it down, Lord Jesus, and help them to take just that very first step in moving in confidence towards you, Lord God. God, even your word said to us this morning, before Pastor Jonathan ever spoke, Lord God, your word said, come close to me, and I will take you where you need to go, Lord God. So God, draw us close to you, Lord Jesus, and let us be defined by your power, defined by your authority, defined, Lord Jesus, by your ability as we turn our eyes to you, Lord God. And would you lead us where you want us to go, both individually and corporately, Lord Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Ray is going to close us in a few songs. These altars are open. Please spend some time with the Lord. We love you guys.